Welcome to the Obesity Medicine Podcast with your host, Dr. Matea Rentia, board certified in internal medicine and obesity medicine. Here, we talk about a path to metabolic health, and we have real conversations about chronic weight management and living a full life. Just a reminder, I am a physician, but I'm not your physician. So everything that's on this podcast is for informational purposes, but please go talk to your doctor about what's right for you. There is no medical advice being given on this podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I have a really, really exciting treat for you this week. I am releasing a little mini series, and it's not all me talking. One of the episodes will be, but the rest of them, there are three episodes that have been absolutely amazing that Ali Nowitzki, she is an obesity medicine board certified physician, but she has practiced for years now with helping people with their fitness and their nutrition and their mental, emotional health. She really packages it all together nicely, but she is extremely knowledgeable, takes a very holistic approach to this, has absolutely amazing advice that is so applicable for how to build muscle, how to maintain muscle, what are some protein goals, how can you even start resistance training. These were topics that I think are so crucial for my audience. I personally asked her, you know, there was an interview a few weeks ago that we did. And then when I heard these episodes, I said, hey, can we do a crossover podcast episode where I bring yours onto mine just so that people can hear this because it is such valuable information. And I will leave below every single episode the link for her podcast. I strongly recommend that you go subscribe to her. Go back and listen to previous episodes. I will tell you, Her podcast episodes, some of them, I mean, all of them are amazing, but some are so great that I personally include these in the treatment plans for my patients. Often after my visits, I'll send a little summary, a little message to my patient, and there will be a certain podcast episode that I think they really need to hear. You know, different things resonate with different people. And she often is someone where I literally take the direct link to that episode and I'll say, hey, listen to this one. So what I want to share with you in this mini series, it is going to be her episodes on how to increase protein and what amounts likely would be good for you. There is so much whipping around on this and she just makes it really simple, easy and basic. Remember, these are always rough guidelines, but how to get more protein. She will walk you through what are some of the home uh, scales that actually do body composition testing? Are they accurate? How can you use it? Such good information. And then also how to achieve optimal health with learning how to start to do resistance training, strength training, how to bring that in. These are things that I find routinely People do not understand any of these concepts enough. So I'm so happy to share those three episodes. And then the fourth one that you're going to get here, it's what your obesity medicine doctor wants you to know about GLP-1 agonists. And that is when I came on her podcast. So we are going to release all four of these episodes today. I hope you enjoy this. I'm putting the same intro on every single one. So if you're listening to the next few in the series, just hit the little fast forward to get past this section so you can hear all the great things she says. Again, can't recommend her podcast enough. I learn so much from her and she just has a different focus. And so I think you're going to learn so much. Let me know your thoughts. If you're loving this podcast, I strongly want to recommend that you not only follow her, but also leave a review for mine so that we can make sure to get other great content out like this in the future. Well, hello there. How are you? Another great week. 
Hope all is well with you. So happy to be chatting with you today. I have a really great episode. I'm actually super excited about this one because the idea of the numbers game comes up so often, right? So, you know, in the past, we would track progress by using a simple standard scale. And as I've mentioned in many previous episodes, that the number on the scale means not a whole lot. Well, it means some things, but it doesn't mean anything about your body composition. And that's the name of the game these days. So one of the things I love to talk about is how actually a heavier weight can result in a heavier person. And what I mean by that is when we're preserving or gaining muscle mass, we may have a heavier weight. So today's episode is really diving into tracking body composition and kind of the recommendations that I'm going to make for you today on how you can start to notice all of the amazing progress that you're making without there being a number to correlate with it necessarily. And this is going to be super important because one of the things that happens when we're talking about the long game strategy, so the long game strategy for optimal health are going to be taking on behaviors that you're willing to do long term. And I always say this, if you're not willing to continue something for 18 months, don't do it now, right? So if you can go for the rest of your time, only eating fat and not eating any carbs or protein because keto is the way to go, then do it if you can do it for that long. If that's something that is not meant to be a long-term strategy for you, then you know what? It's probably not going to be very realistic. And I'm even talking about a question that comes up with medications for weight loss. A lot of times the question will come up, uh, so, you know, I started a medication to help with weight loss and it's really helping me. Will this be something that I have to continue forever? And I think the reality is that we have to kind of advise our people and say, listen, this might be something that might be something that you're doing forever, to be quite honest, because if there's too many things that are just deranged, if you will, so if there's too many metabolic profiling situations, too many metabolic numbers that are off, or let's not even use numbers, but too many different metabolic parameters is what I'm looking for. Then, you know, the idea is that actually this might be a medication that's going to be healthier for you in the long run. So I really just want to put that out there first, that as you're starting to really build on your optimal health strategies, the different things that you're taking on, make sure that they're ones that you're willing to continue because we're actually not setting ourselves up for much success if we're just looking for short-term fixes. Okay, so let's really go ahead and dive into everything body composition. All right, so I wanna start off with a really cool personal story. So I was on vacation uh, a month ago, and we were actually gone for about two months. And I was living my best life, and I was eating all my things, many of my things, and I was having a good old time. And it was okay because my goal wasn't anything more than to be in the moment with the memories. That was my goal. So if I wanted to be in the moment with a banana split, I was being in the moment with a banana split. And that was not a problem because my goal wasn't fat loss. My goal wasn't really anything other than to be in the moment, listen to my hunger. Yes. Observe for fullness. Yes. Allow my feelings. Yes. Okay. In general, though, there were no big rules. 
Okay. So going into it, I had already prepared that, you know, and I love to talk about a 10 pound weight range, right? So I like to say to people, listen, 10 pounds up, 10 pounds down. Quite honestly, that sounds like a really big range to a lot of people. But if you're able to maintain kind of, I guess, if we were using weight as a parameter, that range, I think in general, then I think it's a very realistic range. However, today is more about tracking body composition. So this is where my story enters. So I don't use a traditional scale. I use a body composition scale. In fact, I use an in-body scan. Now there's other scales out there. What I have found, and again, I have no financial relationship with in-body. I have found that the in-body at-home scale is as accurate as the very expensive professional in-body model, which is as accurate as a DEXA scan in my own personal journey and experience. Okay. So went on vacation, lived my best life, came home, got on my body comp scale. So it gives you your weight first. And I was five pounds heavier. Okay. So imagine this. So if you were not focused on body composition and we were living in the old diet mentality that weight really mattered, what would you think? So based on the story, what would you pull from that story? Went on vacation for two months, lived my best life, didn't restrict, came home, gained five pounds. What would you think? You would have assumed that I gained five pounds of body fat, probably, or three pounds of body fat and some water, whatever. Okay. Of course, that's what I would have thought. However, I know better. What I knew and what I didn't tell you is that I maintained my strength training routine while I was on vacation. I was doing at least three days of strength training a week, 30 minutes. I was getting my steps in and I was eating in surplus. Okay. So that's the part I didn't tell you. Okay. So keep that in mind because what's the thing that I talk about all the time? To gain muscle mass, we have to move the muscle. To gain muscle mass, we have to eat protein and we have to eat calories in a surplus. So I was moving my muscles and I was eating protein and calories in a surplus. When I held the handles to do the body comp analysis, it revealed that I had gained two pounds of muscle. I had lost one pound of body fat and the remaining weight that was showing up was water. Okay, so now let's backtrack for a second. I could have gotten on a scale after a very fun vacation and gained five pounds and been sad that I gained five pounds. Woe is me. Why did I eat all those banana splits? Oh my goodness. I should have really tried harder. This is horrible. I'm going downhill. Everything's going to spiral. Listen, I've been there, done that. Okay. However, what was the difference? I used a body composition scale and because I was able to really analyze my body composition, turns out I have an improved body composition on vacation, living my best life simply because I ate enough protein and calories and I continued my strength training. My body was so happy. It said, yes, please. I'll take two pounds of muscle. Yes, please. And so what happens when we gain muscle? I gained two pounds of muscle. A pound of muscle probably burns an additional 100 calories per day, we think. Okay, I gained two. So if that were true, and I was gone for two months, essentially my increase in basal metabolic rate probably is the reason why I lost a pound of body fat. 
it happened without me even trying because my focus was on simply enjoying myself. However, I stayed very consistent with my strength training. Do you see the difference here? We have to, and I mean, we have to stop using old ways to measure ourselves. Okay. In order to really decide if we're making progress or not, this is really important point. And so the idea is that we have to also get away from just defining ourselves from a weight standpoint. We need to understand our body composition. Okay, so this is really cool because if you were to do a body composition analysis, so an in-body scan, let's just say, it's going to tell you your skeletal muscle mass. It'll tell you your water. It'll also tell you your body fat mass. What I tell my women, my clients, even men, because we have men's programs now as well. What I tell them is that I want that skeletal muscle above your body fat. That to me is going to be very solid place. Okay, now from there, we can optimize more if you want. However, getting to that point is amazing. Now, what I will tell you with that, most women, an average woman, okay, an average woman, let's say who's about 5'4", if they have 50 pounds of skeletal muscle mass, that's pretty average. Okay, so about 50 pounds of skeletal muscle mass on a 5'4 woman is going to be about average. All right, so... The really cool thing about that now is if a woman, let's just say, has 50 pounds of skeletal muscle mass and has 49 pounds of body fat, then I'm going to consider that a win. Can we optimize more? Sure we can, but we're in a good place. Now, if we were to do the numbers, most likely given 50 pounds of skeletal muscle, 50 pounds of or 49 pounds, 50, whatever. So we'll just say like 99 pounds between body fat and skeletal muscle. Now we didn't include the water yet. So there's a lot of water involved, right? So now we're talking, okay, let's add another, I don't know, let's add 50 more pounds for water. Why not? Let's do it, right? Let's just let's just go nuts over here. All right, so 150 pounds, 5'4", most likely, right? It's gonna be like, we're gonna be borderline if you were to use the BMI chart, right? However, This is actually great news because the skeletal muscle is higher. Now, that is my standard. You won't find that in textbooks. That is how I define a really solid place to be with your body composition, okay, when I'm using this body composition scale. And my clients love it because it really then creates just this space to really find more of that body acceptance. Now, remember, based on your body type, ectomorph, naturally thin, mesomorph, naturally muscular, endomorph is going to be somebody who carries a little bit of additional body fat, right? We're going to have a genetic impact on what our skeletal muscle is going to be. What I find is that my ectomorphs, they tend to have, you know, low average muscle mass. So these are my ladies where I'm like, we got to make sure we're hitting the protein. Let's get you strength training. My naturally thin ladies. So these are the ones where everybody thinks, oh, well, they're naturally thin. They don't have to worry. These are my ones where I'm like, no, we need to get you moving some weight around because I need you to carry your groceries when you're 90. Okay. So I'm on my ectomorph. So everybody thinks sometimes if you see a health and wellness program, it's about weight loss. That is simply old news. It is not about that anymore. It is about body composition. So my naturally thin ladies, we're going to get them in the gym. We're going to get them maybe not in the gym. We're going to get them on the Fit Woman Collective app. We're going to get them lifting resistance and eating protein, and they're going to be solid there. Okay. My mesomorphs, okay, these are going to be my ladies where they're coming in at average to above average muscle mass. 
Okay. So this may be the same person that's five, seven, let's just say they might have 70 pounds of muscle mass. Okay. Because genetically speaking, if they're mesomorph and if they're putting the work in with the strength training, all right, they're going to be a higher muscle mass. And what I'll tell you then, think about it this way. If you have a woman who's five, seven, and she's got 70 pounds of muscle mass. And let's say we just give her the bare minimum of optimal body composition. Let's add 49 pounds body fat. Okay. Think about this. So, or excuse me, 49. I'm thinking of our old example, 69 pounds body fat, just to make it optimal. We're looking at 139 pounds and we haven't even included water yet. Okay. So on the BMI chart, it's not going to look in the normal range. However, body composition wise, I'm very happy with that. Okay. So realize this was what my big issue because I'm five, seven and I am mostly mesomorph. And when I am in a lean state, meaning, you know, I've maintained most of my muscle mass, I'm looking at about 70 pounds of skeletal muscle. Okay. So figure it that way. My whole life, I was probably carrying even more than that because at one point I was about 50 pounds heavier. So I'm not really quite sure. I anticipate I probably had about 75 pounds is kind of what I'm thinking in terms of skeletal muscle mass. So think about it this way. I was carrying 75 pounds of just muscle. My body fat was, we'll just add, we'll double that just because it was probably even, let's just say at that point. Okay. So you do the math, 150 pounds right there. We haven't even included water yet. Do you see? So we have to start getting very clever with how we're really looking at our progress by the way of body composition. Okay, so if this is a lot right now and you're like, I don't really have a body composition scale, that seems like just another number I'm gonna get obsessed with, which is true. So the one thing I do have to tell my people, I have to say, listen, I do not, and I repeat, do not want to see your body scan every week. In fact, I will not look at it. Monthly, monthly. It takes a long time to actually be able to make muscle. It takes a long time to be able to lose body fat. And if we're using the method of gaining muscle to increase our basal metabolic rate, it is going to take time for that to kick in. And so we naturally drop that body fat. It will work. Okay. That's a beautiful way to actually change your body composition is to put your focus on the muscle gain, bump up that basal metabolic rate and watch that body fat drop. It's going to be slower, but what a beautiful way to do that. Okay. So if you're thinking, this seems like a whole lot. Tell me how else, what else can I do? All right, let me get away from any kind of measurement scale numbers. Let's go into how do you feel? So many times I have individuals, women most, most often, who will say, I don't know, I just felt so good at 160. I just felt so good there. And I'm like 190 right now and 160 is where I wanna be. And then if we dig deeper and we're like, well, why? They can't really tell me. And so maybe it's a number that at one point they feel, felt really good at and they remembered that and then that's why it's the number or maybe they saw it in the media somewhere and then that became the number. Who knows? I will also tell you this. You will know when you have hit your authentically healthy weight. I can talk all day long about body composition and I can help you shift that. At the end of the day, when I'm telling you that there's numbers that don't matter, then it actually becomes your responsibility to decide, number one, what do those numbers mean to you? And number two, what is your number? I mean, you can have a number. I'm not going to sit here and say, don't ever look at a number, but I'd like to offer this. 
Instead of you picking a number that you think you should weigh and do everything you possibly can to weigh that number, I would offer the opposite. What if you essentially decided to feel the most amazing, 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 amazingness that you ever felt in your whole entire life? And you did this by investing in yourself, your mental, emotional, your physical health, your nutrition, your exercise, all of those things, your energy protection. You did all of that. And then you waited. And then whatever number that was might be your number. Okay. So what if we could feel more amazing than we ever have in our entire life and we waited and then we saw what the number was and then maybe that's really our number because this can also happen with fat loss. So you could have somebody who loses, this happens all the time actually in my program. I'll have women who come in and they'll tell me a goal, which is fine. It's fine to have a goal and they'll hit that goal. So let's say they come in at 225 pounds and they tell me that their goal is 180. They want to weigh 180 pounds. And I say, well, why? And they say, because when I weighed 180 pounds, I just felt like me. I just felt authentically me. Fine. That's actually good enough for me. I'm okay with that. If you can say to me like authentically, I can't explain it. I just know that I feel good there. That actually is pretty intuitive. And I think we can trust ourselves on that. To a degree, I think that obviously if somebody's coming in and I'm looking and saying, this is just not realistic, I'm going to acknowledge that. But if I think it's pretty realistic, I'm going to kind of go with it. Okay, let's say they get to 180. And let's say that they keep losing weight and they get to 170, they get to 160, 150. And 150 is a weight they've never weighed in their entire life they could actually get a little worried, to be honest with you. I've had them come to me and say, okay, I'm worried that I'm too thin now. Isn't this interesting? So we're worried about being too heavy and then we're worried about being too thin. So obviously we can't go by just numbers here. We have to start diving into how the heck do we feel? How the heck do you feel at 180? She felt pretty good at 180. How'd she feel at 160? Pretty good. How'd she feel at 170? Better. Better than 180. Not as good as 160. Okay, great. Let's keep going. What about 150? I've never felt this good in my life. However, because the number played with her head, she was thinking that something was wrong and she was getting too thin now. And so it created all this additional anxiety. And when in reality, we said, let's look at the numbers. Your muscle mass loss is minimal. This is all body fat. You just lost body fat. It's okay. You're good. How does that feel? And they look at the number and they say, well, when I take the number out of it, I feel better than I have in my whole entire life. And they say, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and where I end up. And again, we're making sure that they're adequately feeding themselves. But where they end up, is their place. So I want to keep that in mind on both ends of things. So instead of saying, oh, this is too light, this is too heavy, we look at body composition if we have access to a scale, a body comp scale. If not, we just go with how are you feeling? Now, if somebody tells me I don't have much energy when I stand up, I want to faint, right? I feel weak. I can't do a push-up still. And I've been strength training for so, so long, but I'm just too weak to push my body up. Yeah. Then like, that's not 
probably going to be optimal and we need to investigate what's going on. That's when we deep dive into the nutrition. That's when we look again to make sure that we didn't lose too much muscle mass. Okay. So going with how you feel is going to be way more important than any number ever will be super important to keep in mind because I'm going to move into another measurement where we actually do use use numbers again. Okay. So, but I do want you to really focus on that. So here's another thing that can come up. So one of the things that can happen is if you are following body comps and you are seeing muscle loss and it does seem to be real, then a lot of times you're going to have to readjust your nutrition. Okay. Because what happened, for example, when I was recording a lot of the workouts for uh, fit woman collective also transform, I noticed I was getting leaner. I was because I was doing a lot of recordings and my activity was up. Okay. Now I always say that exercise is not a way to lose weight or lose body fat. And I wasn't trying to lose body fat. However, I was doing multiple workouts a day to get them up and running because this was a brand new program. Okay. So what I noticed is my energy expenditure was definitely exceeding what I was eating. And so I did notice like kind of a quick little muscle down a little bit, no problem, got right back on it, started eating additional. So it wasn't a problem because I had already gained an additional two pounds of muscle. So it just brought me back to where I normally was. And then I was able to then regain the two pounds of muscle quickly. So I wonder if some of it was probably just water, but the important point there is that because I knew my energy expenditure was up and I knew I was still eating the same post vacation eating. So I wasn't living like, you know, with banana splits every night, I was eating my normal. And so I think the decrease created that. So again, remember with muscle gain, it's a surplus in strength training with fat loss. It's a, you know, maintenance level of protein with strength training. But then when you're losing some muscle, then typically the nutrition is not going to be where it needs to be. And so that's okay because we have numbers and we can readjust and this is life and that's fine. Okay. So let's move into, I don't have a body scanner. I don't have access to a professional one. I don't have, I don't desire to use just a simple plain scale anymore because I do agree that it's not the most accurate. So what do we do with that? Well, there's a couple different things. The first thing, well, actually I have one more to mention. So I have women in my group who get mammograms and they come back and they're like, well, the radiologist noted that I've lost so much body fat. And it's so funny. It's like my way. I'm like, so I hear mammogram. Can you have them comment on your body fat. It's really interesting, but it's true. I have that happen all the time or their pec muscles will get thicker. It's really, really interesting. Okay. So super cool there. Let's move into standard measurements, tape measure. Okay. So tape measure, can we use it? Is it effective? What do you think about that? I think it's effective, but I will tell you this. If you are an individual who stores most of your body fat in your midsection, then that might be the last area where you lose inches, okay? So I'm gonna tell you my stepwise approach with how you can use measurements to determine if you're changing your body composition. And I'm gonna kind of tell you the order that I like to do them. So I always start with waist circumference, okay? For men, we want it for cardiovascular risk, we want men to be below 35 inches. This is ethnicity dependent as well, okay? So I'm just going with kind of standard in general, but you know, for different, for example, there's certain populations where we allow a little bit bigger or we want a little bit smaller, but in general for men, about 35 inches or less is going to reduce cardiovascular risk for women. It's 32 inches or less. Now, remember if you store in your midsection and that is your primary area, that is going to be one of the last places to really see a reduction in inches. 
Okay. Can't control it. It's the way it is. It's genetic. However, important to know. That's why my ladies who really don't love having a larger lower body and they complain about it, they're protected. They typically have a smaller waist and they have more of their body fat storage on their lower body and they complain. However, they're protected. So just remember like a lower body with a heavier um, a heavier lower body compared to upper body and midsection is going to actually be more protective. Okay, so kind of something cool to note. So the idea is waist circumference, right? Measuring at the most narrow part of your waist. Don't pull it super tight. It's going to be taut, but not super tight. That number, okay? Next measurement that I'm going to recommend. Okay, so the next measurement is going to be your hip circumference. Okay, so you measure at the fullest area. All right, so you're going to go hip, like where those hips become the fullest, around that bum, measure right there, okay? Taut, not pulling so tight, there's your measurement. And then from there, it's a toss-up. I usually go legs next. So, and, and you don't have to do it this way. This is just kind of the process by which I like to talk about it. So legs, okay? So thigh, midway between your knee and your hip, okay? Measure around that area. Now, here's the deal. If you're gaining muscle mass in that area, what you will see happen. So if your thighs get bigger, and you are noticing that your body composition is changing just by the way you feel, how your clothes fit, your waist circumference typically is decreasing at that time. So you might see an increase in thighs and a decrease in waist. But I go to thigh circumference and then I go to unflexed upper arm. So between, it's your biceps area. Unflexed, check that area out. You can also do a chest measurement. I do find this gets to be a little bit tricky just because just as women, we carry mass in our chest a little bit differently, but you could do a chest measurement, but I keep that one kind of last. Um, so again, I go waist, hips, thigh, arm, you could do chest. And then the other one you could do is calves if you want to do them all. But the four that I care about are the waist, hips, thigh, arm. So that would be a great way for you to kind of follow your progress. If you're losing inches, it's going to be, it's going to be body fat. It's rare that anybody is going to be losing inches of muscle. Now you could be storing water in those areas. Okay. So if you have water loss, you may see inches reduce. Okay. So typically though, what I will say is that if you're seeing a slow reduction in the circumference of those measurements, it's most likely body fat. So I think that that's a really good way to kind of do some measurements. So you might see that you're down three inches in your waist, down two inches in your thighs, down two inches in your hips, down two inches in your arms, one on each side, and your weight might be the same. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's because you're gaining muscle and you're losing body fat at probably the same rate. So if that's happening, you're more likely to be a mesomorph body type. So a mesomorph naturally muscular body type is the type that can lose fat and can gain muscle actually around the same time. Ectomorphs will have a very hard time doing it. Endomorphs are going to be more variable. Okay. Um, when we talk about kind of the gold standard of body composition analysis, we're talking DEXA scan. That means you have to go to a site, you got to get dunked in water, and you're going to figure it all out. And then what I'll say, and I said it in the very beginning, is that, you know, I don't even use that anymore because I think that the models of the in-body are so accurate. And so I'm totally happy with those. Okay, next measurement. The one I want to finish out with here, because I think it's super easy. Your clothes. How do your clothes fit? Okay, so... If your clothes are feeling better, I mean, you might not even be able to say, oh, they feel looser. If you're, if you feel good in your clothes, your body composition is changing. Trust me. Trust me. Now I will have ladies sometimes where their arm holes, their arm areas get a little tight from their biceps. Okay. 
Yes, we do gain muscle. We do. I'm telling you, the way that I program is so that you are going to be more likely to gain muscle. The women where the bicep thing is happening, they've been training with me for about three years, okay? And they're usually a mesomorph body type. That's when I'm seeing it. Or an ectomorph body type who's been very, very consistent eating lots and lots of surplus and training. They're so used to their arms being a lot naturally, like naturally thin that any amount of mass on their arms just makes their clothes a lot tighter. So they tend to notice it. And usually with endomorphs, they notice that their, uh, their arms, uh, the shirts, if they're wearing shirts, like tighter fitted shirts that are usually going to be looser. Okay. So usually my ectomorphs, mesomorphs, they'll notice like, oh, wow, biceps are growing. And then usually the endomorph body types, they'll notice it's looser because while their biceps may be growing, they're probably losing body fat at a faster rate. And so it kind of works out that way for them. But how your clothes fit, how you feel in your clothes. What I'd say is this, right? There's a billion ways we can talk about measurements, body composition. Uh, Actually, I need to also mention pictures. So if you're willing to have somebody take pictures of you front, side, back, you can be your own judge of it. A lot of times with subtle differences, you won't be able to see your own. So you'll have to look, you'll have to have somebody else look if they're skilled at looking. For years, I used to read photos. With the addition of our in-body, I don't read photos all that often just because the in-body is so good that I can look and tell, but it's not going to be as accurate as one of the in-body scans. But pictures are really, really useful. Front, side, back. Have somebody take them of you and do little comparisons. And you're really going to start to see big, huge changes. And I think it can be really powerful for someone who doesn't necessarily see huge changes with numbers, uh, but they might really see huge changes with the actual photos. All right, my friends, I could talk all day long to you. This is super awesome. Again, find a way that works for you and trust yourself. If you think things are going in the right direction, they are. Just trust yourself here. All right, super fun. I'm pumped to announce Fit Woman Collective is enrolling and it is amazing. Okay, so if you're looking for an empowered way to live, you're looking for a great kind of onboarding session that's gonna really get your mindset around defining who you are as a fit woman mentally, physically, emotionally, energetically, all those different types of things. And if you're really looking for me to guide you in mind, body, strength training workouts for you to really optimize your body composition, be the strongest you've ever been, feel darn amazing, be in a community of women who are all doing the same, I highly recommend that you check out Fit Woman Collective. The beautiful thing is that we're offering it for $59 a month. You can cancel at any time. And we would just love to invite you into this amazing community where we're really just all about building ourselves up mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically. I think it'd be a great fit. All right, check us out. We're going to link the link in our comments. Actually, we're going to link the link in our show notes. All right, my friends, until next time, and we'll talk to you soon.